I look at job shop manufacturers and custom part manufacturers. These are all entrepreneurs. My mission in building paperless parts was to find that team of people that care about this industry and will really care about fighting for entrepreneurs. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 26. On the surface, today's episode is all about a software solution that's streamlining the quoting and sales process for custom parts manufacturers. But really, this episode is about bringing modern software to new areas of manufacturing and reducing buyer risk to win more customers. Honestly, this doesn't even cover all of it, as we had quite the cornucopia of a conversation with Jason Ray, co-founder and CEO of Paperless Parts. We'll talk about their software and how it's helping job shop manufacturers enhance supply chains and speed up their quoting processes later in the episode, but here are a couple of other things you can expect from today's show. First, we're going to get to know Jason. We'll talk about his military background and how that brought about the inspiration for paperless parts. As always, we love good startup stories here on Manufacturing Happy Hour, and Jason definitely has one for this conversation. Next, we talk about customer experience throughout the episode and why the quoting process is so critical to a customer's first impression. Lots of great customer experience tips in general throughout the discussion today. Finally, we've got some great stories from Jason, and we'll even tie in digital transformation like we're seeing at paperless parts with bigger issues in manufacturing. This ranges from reshoring to giving yourself more time and more tools to address the workforce skills gap. A lot of great lessons for leaders, whether you work at a job shop or other manufacturing operation in this episode. As always, you can find any resources mentioned in this conversation at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 26. That is the link for this specific episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes, where leaving a five-star rating is simple, and leaving a written review can be just as easy. doesn't need to be long. Just a couple of sentences can get your point across, and then you are done. Again, that really helps us out, gets us on the map. Head over to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to leave your rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And with that, let's jump into today's conversation. I have a quick introduction before we let Jason take it away for a bit here on Manufacturing Happy Hour. You're based in Boston, correct? That's correct. If we were having this interview at a bar over a drink, what would that bar be? Oh, really good question. (laughs) I really like the Tip Tap Room. Tip Tap Room? Okay. Really solid menu, great beer selection. It's about stumbling distance from my apartment, so that that is a definite plus. You'll, uh, You'll see why I asked that here in a second. I think we're ready. Our guest today is the CEO of Paperless Parts, a company on a mission to make manufacturing more accessible. After spending eight years in the Navy in leadership roles, ranging from supply core officer to additive manufacturing lead, he co-founded Paperless Parts, and through their cloud-based sales and quoting software solutions, he's now helping job shop manufacturers quote faster, win new customers, and increase revenues. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Ray. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me. Well, it's exciting to have you on. We're we're having more conversations around job shop manufacturing on the show, so it's very fitting. And since this is Manufacturing Happy Hour, we always want to start off in a manufacturer, or I should say a happy hour-centric standpoint. So let's say you and I are kicking it at the Tip Tap Room in Boston, where you're based, and someone comes up to you and asks, you know, I hear that your company makes manufacturing more accessible. It's kind of a broad term, though, but how would you describe your mission to someone um, if you're having a drink with them at a bar? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
It's funny because my wife and I always talk about this and it was always really hard to explain what we were doing. It's a really technical mm-hmm. product. It's um, There's a lot of really neat behind the curtain type math that's being done. And so I would go into this long spiel about how we're analyzing geometry, we're making it easier to quote, and we're doing all this incredible stuff for manufacturers and people's eyes just glaze over. And at its core, what we're really doing is we're bringing modern software solutions to the job shop manufacturing industry. And that's that's probably the simplest way that I can explain what paperless parts does. My mission is to make manufacturers more efficient. And we're starting with the quoting process. So what I found is that this industry, let's call it 35,000 job shop manufacturers in the United States. Sure. That ranges from CNC machining, additive manufacturing, sheet metal shops, finishers, um, folks doing different processes, but about 35,000 of these folks all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. Highly underserved market by modern software. Mm-hmm. cloud-based software, they don't touch it. And that's because it's a difficult market to sell into. Manufacturers are highly process-oriented, so they buy a piece of software and they use that piece of software in conjunction with a process to ensure quality coming out of the back end of their organization. That's the key. So they're very focused on setting their process and running that process to effectively drive profitability. So it's not like a software company that starts up in Boston and today we use Salesforce and SalesLoft and we have all the Google suite of products and we have Microsoft and we have Slack and we have AppQs and we have um, Full Story. I mean, you name it. We have all these different software products that make our business run very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers don't have that today. They yeah. don't think software when they have a problem. They mm. think process. What process mm-hmm. can I put in place to mitigate that problem? Whereas in the startup world, I think software. How can, Okay, one of my people is struggling with process management. Let's go get mm-hmm. Asana because we'll manage mm-hmm. all of our new customers in Asana. And it'll be really easy and it's a great tool. Manufacturers don't they, – they're not trained to think that way. So what Paperless yeah. Parts is trying to do is we're trying to give manufacturers access to this modern software solution that – unlocks a lot of capabilities that they could be getting through other software products that exist, but they're just not properly tailored to support the unique needs of the manufacturing industry. Security, Mm -hmm. ITAR compliance, NIST compliance, the ability to view 3D models and the ability to communicate in the context of those 3D and 2D models, the ability to quote seamlessly from PDFs, quote seamlessly using the geometry and the 3D models. We started very specifically, you mentioned our our our, our mission is to make manufacturing more accessible. Yeah. So when I was in the military, one of my first tours was on a minesweeper. So mm-hmm. this is a wooden ship, 235 feet long, Persian Gulf, beat up old platform. They're actually retiring them right now. It's, it's sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, you know, probably, probably for the best, but sure. the minesweepers, what we found is that these ships would get into a situation called tail chase. And that's a situation where the funding would decline over a period of years, which means the part support would decline. And then all of a sudden we'd realize that the minesweepers were totally a degraded platform and we'd get budgets and they'd say, go buy these parts, go find the parts that we need to fix our ship. And all the manufacturers that used to make the parts, they were either onto the next job. So the tooling was gone. They didn't want to make it in small quantities or they went out of business because their whole business was built around that single item. Right. And with the most in one of the most, and I think the most advanced industrial base in the world, I was finding it really hard to procure seemingly simple components. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like, why is this such a challenging problem? I'm a I'm an econ and logistics guy. I know I knew very little about manufacturing when mm-hmm. I graduated from college. But when I started to peel back the onion, it all came back to manufacturing. And then this premise of accessibility, why can't I access the most advanced industrial base in the world? Why? Yeah. When I'm forward deployed mm-hmm. and I, now I can't get the parts I need to support my ship and my crew and the mission, which everyone cares about. I can't find a manufacturer in the country that doesn't care about that. So now 
we started to go deeper and deeper into looking into this challenge of accessibility. And what it came back to was general communication. Manufacturers weren't able to communicate effectively when the requirements were set out. And that's really a lot of that's on the part of the government where it's totally convoluted and the manufacturers mm -hmm. don't even know that the opportunities exist. But it, as I got deeper and deeper, I started to look at this and I was like, this is happening at every level. Buyers mm -hmm. are going out to manufacturers and they're requesting quotes and they're never hearing back or it's taking weeks to get a response back. Yeah. And that was, that was just like a light bulb went off. And I actually, when I left active duty, one of my goals was to go and buy a job shop because I said, look, you know, my first inclination was not go build a software company. It mm -hmm. was, let me go buy a job shop. I'll learn from the owner and then I'll build one of the best job shops in the country. And that'll be amazing. Yeah. So in order to do that, I start where I start with everything is I look for advisors. Mm -hmm. And I was really fortunate to meet Jay Jacobs, my co-founder at Paperless Parts. So Jay was the CEO and founder at Rapid Manufacturing. Rapid was the world's largest prototype sheet metal shop, second largest prototype CNC machine shop. In mm. 2017, when they sold to Proto Labs, he had 350 employees. They were making 30,000 plus unique part numbers a year. The place was incredible. Absolutely incredible. So I connected with Jay, luckily through LinkedIn, and Jay was willing to be my advisor in going out to search to buy a job shop. He resonated with the mission, understood the problem space, and we spent about seven to eight months searching for job shops to buy. And mm. that's where it started to click. I was going into shops. We probably visited 100 shops. And the big thing that I saw was a lack of software to support process. Yeah. Filing cabinets, prints with notes and sticky notes on the sides of the prints stuffed in filing cabinets. The, mm -hmm. like, when I would look at, when I would say, and I, I have an MBA, I have a business background. So mm -hmm. when I would say to the shop owner, okay, so, you know, what's your funnel look like? How many quotes do you get a week? What, what does that look like? What opportunities do we have? I'm trying to determine customer concentration. Like if I buy your business, are all of your customers just going to walk away? When I buy that because you're gone mm -hmm. now, what, what happens here? What's the risk? And approaching this industry with the idea of buying one of these shops was probably mm -hmm. one of the most helpful exercises in really understanding what we could do from the industry for the industry from a software perspective. So is it that experience where going around, touring all these shops, realizing there's this macro issue there that wasn't just unique to one of these shops, that's how you essentially pivoted your initial idea. Is it correct to say that's what, what brought up the inspiration for paperless parts in that you're, case? Yeah, you're 100% 100% spot on here. And I got to give the credit to Jay because mm -hmm. when, when it was all said and done, I was hanging up the boots. I said to Jay, I said, look... I don't see how this can work. I'm never mm -hmm. going to be able to replace a 30-year shop owner, and it's going to be really risky for our investors. So I mm -hmm. don't want to waste their money. I don't feel good about mm -hmm. taking other people's money and putting it at risk where I don't see that upside potential. Yeah. And so we gave back all the money we raised, millions mm -hmm. of dollars. We gave it back yeah. to the investors. We said, look, we're not going to not going to like ruin our reputation, not mm -hmm. going to go out and do something that I don't feel gives you the best possible chance to return your investment and the promised ROI. And I said, I'm going to go do management consulting. Like totally lame. I can't believe it. Oh, like really? It. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a, like, yeah. I was like, going, I'm going to go that route, goes. Jay. And Jay said, <laughs> I think we should talk. Yeah. And Jay and I sat down and Jay told me about this. Like, he's like, I want you to tell me what your biggest takeaways from this experience were. Mm -hmm. And we started writing them up and looking at them. And we went out and we put together the business plan for paperless parts. And I mean, it was, it just made so much sense. And even at the time of writing the business plan, I didn't know that I was going to be the CEO of the company. I mean, in the back of my mind, I kind of hoped that I would have the opportunity to do it because I understood the problem space. But I mean, I, there's no way I could do this without Jay's support. He's been an awesome mentor to the company. He's the chairman of the board of directors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been a lot of this comes from the brain of Jay Jacobs, which we're really we're lucky to have. Well, that was an 
awesome answer. Given that I only had to ask you one question, not only did I get the answer to the first question, you gave us a military story out of it. You gave us the origin story behind paperless parts. There are a couple things I want to dive into in that answer for uh, the manufacturing leaders that are listening to this. Um, first of all, I love the way you summed it up right from the get-go. And by the way, super engaging story. I'm probably, if I'm at the Tip Tap Lounge right now or the Tip Tap Bar, I, I've forgotten the name of it already, but if I was there having a drink with you right now, I'd probably be going to get another drink since that was an excellent story. But moving on, the first thing you brought, you mentioned bringing modern software to job shops. Um, and that's, it's, it's funny because you talked about how businesses will equate business software to processes. Like to an extent, you mentioned that manufacturers think process versus software. I feel like what you're doing is now they're looking at the same way businesses are doing. They're looking at software as the solution to implementing a process. Is that correct? And that's this whole concept of digital transformation and industry 4.0. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. this convergence or singularity of process mm -hmm. and software working together. And that's mm -hmm. such a more powerful value proposition when you bring in the cloud. I mean, mm -hmm. Salesforce, I mean, I may steal from Salesforce, but Salesforce came up with, you know, they were in the cloud and they were mm -hmm. one of the big first companies pushing cloud. So I'll right. tell you, in 2017, our single biggest objection from potential customers was, oh, I don't trust the cloud. Mm, uh, yeah. I, you know, we don't we don't want to have our data in the cloud. We don't trust the cloud. And I just want to say a big thank you to Microsoft, because I think a lot of their marketing dollars have mm -hmm. taken that objection right off the table for us. I was going to say that tune has totally changed between then and now. Security is still a concern for folks, of course, but cloud based is something everyone does, whether it's on the plant floor, whether it's the software and the business systems, et cetera. Yeah, it's a, that's been a really cool transformation to watch. And frankly, I think it's one of the things that's happened the fastest of anything I've seen happen in manufacturing. Because, you know, we look at, we look at something simple like the use of PDFs to communicate all of the technical data for a job. And you have this technology, CAD, and CAD is amazing. It, it gives designers unbelievable degrees of freedom associated with designing a product. But today, when a request for quote goes out, what gets mm -hmm. sent? A PDF. Like we're not yeah. using the 3D mm -hmm. model. There's three dimensions for a reason. It's easier to understand. Yeah. And it's easier for a computer to understand. Mm -hmm. Model-based definitions is the progression of PDFs where mm -hmm. all of the GD&T is called out on the CAD model. and. Yeah. That the definition, like the, uh, the what is it, the ASME standard for model-based definitions or ASTM standard for model-based definitions, that's been around mm -hmm. since 2003. Yeah, we've had <laughs> we've had a million files uploaded to our platform, and one percent or less are model-based definition files. I mean, it's not yeah. being used. So to think yeah. that that's been almost 20 years, and it still hasn't been fully adopted. To see the cloud acceptance go from mm -hmm. we won't touch it to this is now the way of business in mm -hmm. a period of two and a half three years is mm -hmm. very encouraging looking at the manufacturing industry moving forward um, and i think part of it is we set up on amazon GovCloud. okay so amazon built um a cloud designed for ITAR data. Now, ITAR stands for International Trafficking and Arms Regulations. Mm -hmm. It's based on export control. And what that essentially means is if I'm doing a project for the Department of Defense, I mm -hmm. am not allowed to expose the tech data, the drawings, mm -hmm. the 3D model to any non-US citizen. And that, right. I, that term expose is very it's ambiguous because people will think expose like, no, I didn't go show it to someone in China. But it's like, yeah, well, you sent it through open email channels. You didn't encrypt the file. And that mm -hmm. email server is sitting over in Malaysia somewhere. And right. you didn't even know that. You had no idea. Mm -hmm. But you inadvertently exposed U.S. government data to a mm -hmm. tech center that someone's mm -hmm. working in that now they can yeah. go pull that data off of those servers. Right. So this – as we've looked at this, that was a core principle, you know, part of the DOD background, the military background, being able to support manufacturers that are supporting the Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. That helps me feel like I'm solving that initial problem, which yeah. really moved me into this space. And about 50% of our customers today are supporting DOD.
We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Concept Systems, who you can find at conceptsystemsinc.com. Concept Systems is an independent systems integrator and your automation solution partner for anything from antiquated control system retrofits to greenfield controls coordination and project management. Whether it's process or discrete control, Concept Systems has been doing this for over 20 years. They've partnered with best-in-class companies like Rockwell Automation and Fnook to conceptualize, design, and build automation systems that include everything like robotics, vision systems, and manufacturing intelligence solutions. Personally, I've been familiar with Concept Systems for a couple years now, and I have to say I'm a huge fan of the amazing team they have over there. With national presence across the U.S., they have application experience in more than just a few industries, including food and beverage, aerospace, automotive, building products, and metals, just to name a few. If you have a project coming up requiring an automation solution partner or even a main automation contractor, head over to conceptsystemsinc.com and get in touch. They take an extremely methodical, risk-mitigating approach to project management that allows you to hit your project timelines and keep focusing on your core business. Oh, and if you want to hear a bit more about Concept Systems, make sure to check out Episode 7 of Manufacturing Happy Hour, which is our panel discussion on smart manufacturing, featuring Concept Systems' very own Director of Sales and Marketing, Ryan Wasmond. And now, back to today's episode. You know, while we're on that topic, because I want to talk more about the software here in a bit, but, you know, you have that military background. I'm just curious from kind of just an experience background, what are some of the things that were most critical or most transferable, I should say, when you were leading in the military to leading a company focused on manufacturing now? Because we see it all the time. We've talked about it on this show before, you know, in terms of filling the skills gap, veterans are a place people are looking quite a bit to get fill those critical manufacturing roles. But what, you know, just reflecting on your own experiences, what are some things you pulled from there? I think for this company specifically, mm-hmm. it's all about the people. Mm-hmm. It really is. It, yeah. It's a, I was telling the story early today. So um, I've, I've got it fresh of mind. But when I, when I left the military, uh, one of my mentors said, look, you know, the biggest thing you're going to be leaving behind is the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You're going to be walking away from a group of people that have a very common mission that are highly driven to be, you know, protecting our freedom and defending the constitution. And you're probably never going to find that again. And, you know, the, the advice was sound and I'm glad it was mentioned, especially because I'm the type of person that is, uh, you know, I like being told that you're never going to be able to do something because that just sure. fills the gas tank with a little bit of piss and vinegar. Mm-hmm. For me, my mission in building paperless parts was to find that team of people mm. that care about this industry and are willing to go above and beyond for our customers. Mm-hmm. It was incredible to recognize that manufacturers are not used to modern software support. Like mm-hmm. we have, we have customer success team. We have a whole team of people that focus on customer success, like whole mm-hmm. novel concept. You buy software and the company forces you to be successful with that software and they mm-hmm. won't accept it if you're not. It's totally yeah. different than an ERP system where you go through four or five months of onboarding. And when that's done, it's like, you got to pay $1,500 if you want to talk to us again. Mm-hmm. That is totally, it's a totally different model that manufacturers right. are not used to. Mm -hmm. We just brought in a new strategic account manager and he's reaching out to our customers and he's calling them on the phone and he's having conversations. And one of the CEOs picks up the phone and calls me. He's like, I can't believe you guys. Like, this is so cool. Like like (laughs) the number of times that someone from the ERP company has called me and asked like how I'm doing and how my shop is doing. (laughs) Like, but that comes back. Zero. (laughs) It it all comes back to the who. It's Mm -hmm. who is going to be able to do this and who are the right people to do it. And our team is incredible. We've grown yeah. dramatically. We've got 30 mm-hmm. plus people. Now we've got four new people starting on Monday. Our team is growing rapidly, which is mm-hmm. great, but mm-hmm. we're finding and we're bringing in people who really care about fighting for 
entrepreneurs. And yeah. I look at job shop manufacturers and custom part manufacturers, whether it's the person who started the shop or mm -hmm. the daughter or son that's taking over the shop or the machinist that stepped up and bought the owner out of the shop, whoever mm -hmm. it is, or the private equity company that's bought 50 shops. These are all entrepreneurs. And yeah. I like supporting entrepreneurs. And so does everyone on my team. Because mm -hmm. you make a huge impact on somebody's life by doing that. And at the end of the day, that's what it all comes back to. Yeah. I mean, that's a couple great things from, from that answer there with the camaraderie being the base lesson. Like one thing I noticed in one of your previous answers was that your, uh, your co-founder has a very different background than you do. So first of all, that's awesome that you have, you're coming from a military background. He's coming from that job shop background. So there's not, let's say that redundant experience, redundant personality type there. I mean, the other big thing that sticks out about that though, is you were able to look at the manufacturing space from a completely different lens coming from a different industry. And that's where a lot of times some of these things that you wouldn't notice if you've been in manufacturing the whole time are just so blatantly obvious to someone where you're looking at it from this different perspective. It's like, why don't we have these type of systems within the manufacturing space? So putting on the buyer's hat is huge. Like mm -hmm. if you went to try to go buy your shop from Hugh, or if you went to go buy the shop down the road, it really mm -hmm. forces you to ask yourself some questions. Like mm -hmm. what happens when a customer requests a quote for something that we quoted four months ago, but you know, we have no record of that or it's not stored or the, we didn't enter the data properly. So now we quote it again and the price is 50% different because someone knew is doing it mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. customer's pissed Yeah, because they're like, wait a second, like you guys don't have your act together. You can't even quote consistently. How do I know you're even going to be able to make these parts consistently? And that's part of why we focused on quoting mm -hmm. because quoting is the very first interaction you have in a lot of situations with a customer. It is mm -hmm. a way that you convey your, it, it's a first impression. You know, a, mm -hmm. lot, of, a lot of buyers today, totally. they don't get the opportunity to go visit the shop. They can't see the mm -hmm. pride that you've taken in how you set up your shop or the showcase cabinets that you mm -hmm. have in the lobby of your shop. Like buyers don't really get to do that anymore. And frankly, a lot of industrial buyers are more our age. And they don't understand yeah. manufacturing even yes. at that next level. So when they see mm -hmm. that you've got a new five-axis Doosan piece of equipment, they don't. That doesn't register. They're not mm -hmm. thinking, "Wow, that shop just laid out half a mill for that." Yeah, they don't they're looking. That, no, yeah, they 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 want a fast quote, and they want right. someone who can communicate and manage expectations effectively. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, that is so much easier to do than going out and spending five hundred grand on a new piece of equipment. This is this is the low hanging fruit. So we just mm -hmm. did we just did a buyer survey, and mm -hmm. a little I'll spoil it a little bit. Okay, um, we're gonna have a we're having a webinar with Modern Machine Shop coming up on September twenty third, and what's really interesting about this buyer survey we surveyed over four hundred buyers, and these are industrial buyers ordering prototype production jobs. I was amazed at how many look at a shop's website before deciding to work with them or not. Like it, they would go to the shop's website and that would be one of the determining factors. Like this website is yeah. bad. I'm not going to work with them. And oh, that is yeah. such, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but right. it's like, whoa, that is something that you can update for 300 bucks. Sure. And a beautiful looking website and just check that box. But I'm yep. amazed at how many shop owners don't do that. And yeah. that's like, oh, it's not a priority. It's it's very similar to, you know, what are those proxies for qualities for being in business? Today, mm -hmm. if you don't have a website, if you don't have your URL set up properly, if your website's not secure, people are going to mm -hmm. look at paperless parts and be like, what? I'm not working with that company. Yeah. So, I mean. I think a job shop manufacturing industry is moving away from the days of, you know, I've got a Thomas register or Thomas net book of mm -hmm. 9,000 suppliers that I flip through and I find someone doing CNC in my state and region. Now I'm yeah. going to Google and I'm yeah. finding those buyers. So yeah. there's a lot of little things that we can do up front to help these shops just take it to the next level.
For sure. Well, I, I love what you said about quoting being the first impression because it really is. Like when I think of what I'm looking for, when I'm when I'm whether I'm trying to buy anything, whether it's industrial related or not, I am I just want it to happen fast. I want to be able to get the information I need, be able to place my order, no problems. Like you're looking for that seamless process. Um and yeah, it's it's um, I I'm you got me curious as to what would happen if I just searched like San Francisco machine shop to see what comes up to the top like that that must be an interesting exercise for a lot of your clients to do to see just where they're coming in from that standpoint it's super interesting for them to do it and then for us to do it because mm-hmm. what a lot of our a lot of our customers haven't been fully immersed in SEO and the ways of Google mm-hmm. AdWords and the way Google targets different demographics and different areas based on your web profile. But, you know, they may Google their shop and it pops right up and it's like, yeah, well, no kidding. Google knows this is where your shop is. Like they know mm-hmm. this is you. So they're going to show you this result. Whereas if it's me, maybe I see something completely different. I see five proto labs ads and isometry ad and I don't mm-hmm. even see your shop. So mm-hmm. it's really, it's really interesting. And we, one of the things, so I tend to say it, it, this to our team, because I think it's really important. We can build amazing software, mm-hmm. but if we can't convince people to use it, we haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can't get people successful through an implementation process an onboarding process where a shop is experiencing the ROI, that return on investment, mm-hmm. we haven't done anything. We, we, right. So, so where's this? People will say, "Oh, where's the secret sauce and paperless parts?" It's everybody mm-hmm. sitting outside my office right now. It's this team that will work with a shop for weeks, two, three weeks, and get them quoting accurately, fast, understanding the software, taking advantage of all the tools. It's that implementation process. That's the secret mm-hmm. sauce. Well, it's it's like you just went from you were talking quoting first impression. You're on to the second impression now with onboarding. Like you need to keep that going because yeah, even if you get in the door, quoting's great. If you don't take that a step further, you're going to lose people afterwards. And the reason I'm bringing this up is any of the manufacturing leaders right now, whether it's you know job shop software or something else within their business, this is so critical to know how to keep that a seamless, fast moving great customer experience from the first step to the second step and beyond. Yeah. It's knowing that especially industrial buyers, their Mm -hmm. job is mitigating risk. So many people, Mm -hmm. so many people step back and they're like, no, the, you know, the industrial buyer's job is to get the lowest price physically possible. And the Mm -hmm. answer is that's, that's really not true. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are price goals that these industrial buyers have. But when I Mm -hmm. talk to industrial buyers, they are measured by supply chain risk. Yeah. Are all of your jobs on order? If they're not, it doesn't matter how low the price is. Oh, you know, we're shooting for this price, but we can't get a single shop to bid at it. No, Mm -hmm. all these parts need to arrive at a specific place at a specific time to get integrated into a larger system. And if a specific part does not show up, that could be millions of dollars compared to the cost of the part. So what they are is they are risk mitigators. How do you show that you're going to be a shop that can mitigate that risk and is going to work well with them? Well, if you've Mm -hmm. never done work with that customer before, the only thing they can base it on is how responsive you are in the quoting process. Yep. Yep. Buyers. I mean, just as, as a guy that comes from a sales background, I mean, our job is to help customers mitigate risk first and foremost. We might have a great solution. It might be cutting edge. It might be better than, you know, something that's been around for years, but you want to be able to show that what you're going to do is going to make their life easier. It's going to be um, less risky than an alternative path. So love the risk mitigation spin on that. Um, you know, as as I'm thinking about this, you've we I, I think everyone's caught on. Um, you've given great descriptions around what you do with paperless parts, quoting software. What I'd love is if there's anything we haven't illustrated about it yet, maybe a story in terms of how it's helped one of your customers. Because you've mentioned that you know you're doing things for a great customer experience, calling, following up. You're getting great feedback on that. But let's go through a customer experience from the standpoint of how does paperless parts work when someone's using it. Yeah, absolutely. We can I can talk you through this. So paperless parts is a quoting and sales tool. And mm-hmm. what it's designed for is it's designed to give a 
manufacture a centralized quoting process. And what we mean by mm -hmm. that is it's a single location for all of the requests for quotes and all of the quoting activity to live. Now, some mm -hmm. people will come back and say, oh, that's my ERP system, or I use an Excel spreadsheet for that. This is just, it's a much more transparent way where you mm -hmm. can manage prioritization of quotes. You can see when the request came in, what the due date is. You have the ability to very quickly configure and set up quotes. So I'll give you an example. One of our customers today in using their ERP system, it takes them about 180 clicks to send a quote out. I'm a click <laughs> counter. I'm a click yeah. counter. When I'm testing on software, I'm like, why do I have to click here? Why? Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Why here? Why here? Why here? Mm -hmm. But in paperless parts, that customer now onboarded and set up 16 yeah. clicks to send a quote. Nice. That's a that's a huge order of magnitude plus. It's like a tenth. Prop. It's like 10 percent what yeah. they were going through before. And again, it just comes back to. It doesn't mean the brain isn't working. It mm -hmm. just means that the flow is designed to support fast quoting. Mm -hmm. It's built for that. ERP mm -hmm. systems built quoting to support a job going very quickly from an order to on the shop floor. That's what it's mm -hmm. designed for. They front load a lot of the admin work. They mm -hmm. want you to set up all the steps and make sure that it's exactly set up with the right material, the right person, so that when that order comes in, all you have to do is push a button and it turns into a job. Now, what that does is that that front loads a lot of work where you're not winning a lot of jobs. You win maybe 30% of the work you quote, which means mm -hmm. seven out of 10 quotes, you just did a ton of work for, and you don't win those jobs. And you probably never reference that stuff again. Yeah. So what we did is we designed a tool that allows our customers to not only centralize their quoting process, but standardize their pricing process. And in what we, we, what we say at Paperless Parts is that in manufacturing, geometry drives everything. So our ability to understand and help our customers understand how different geometric features of a component, of a part that they're getting, or an assembly that they're making mm -hmm. drive their pricing is really an amazing part of the onboarding process. And we work through and we do pricing meetings and we pull this information out of the heads of the most senior estimators because a lot of times what they do is they'll sit there and they'll look at it and they'll say, okay, well, you know, I've got this item. I'm looking at it. There's four holes here. I'm going to, you know, face mill this side. I got to set it up mm -hmm. three times. Okay. You know, I know that part's a $450 part. It's like, wait, yeah. what? No one's mm -hmm. ever going to be able to replicate that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's 30 years of experience in a massively evolved human brain doing mm -hmm. all these computations in the background. And that's great. Yeah. But that's not scalable. Yeah. And right. it's transferable. And it's also going away very, very soon, too. That's like exactly right. right around the corner. <laughs> so what we've done is we've centralized the quoting process, standardized the pricing to be geometrically driven. We've made it easy to quote from both PDFs because a lot of shops are still only getting PDFs and from 3D models. And mm -hmm. we just simplify that process dramatically so that there's consistency across each quote you're sending. You don't right. ever want to appear to a buyer like you're inconsistent or inaccurate. And I don't really mm -hmm. like the word accurate because mm -hmm. I prefer consistent than accurate because accurate is subjective. So I always ask our customers, what is the goal of quoting? Mm -hmm. And a lot of our customers will be like, well, to win the job. And I'm like, okay, well then just quote it at 50% of the price and you'll win every single job. Mm -hmm. That's not the goal. It mm -hmm. gets very convoluted if you don't define the goal of quoting well. And the goal of quoting is to spend the least amount of time drafting mm -hmm. a quote that is going to turn into a profitable job for you that a mm -hmm. buyer is willing to accept your pricing on. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. it very, very clear. But if you miss on any of those things, the quote goal is not achieved. You could spend mm -hmm. a week trying to come up with the most perfect, like to the penny cost, and then you add your 10% markup to it, and then the buyer mm -hmm. doesn't accept it. And that's great. Well, you achieved one goal you came up with knowing you weren't going to lose money on the job, but mm -hmm. you didn't win the job. You know, you didn't, you spent a week on a quote where 
your time is not a sunk cost. Yeah. Well, I love that consistency spin on it because it ties it back into what you were talking about earlier about process. You're taking what was once, you know, Joe or Susan, who's been at this shop for 30 years and knows how to quote something, looking at the picture and things like that. You're putting a process to it that you have software to lead you through. So yep. I, I love the solution. I, I guess I have a question, you know, have you seen like a job shop, I, just an example, like to show the metrics, like a job shop that started using your software that's gotten X number more quotes done, one X number oh, more yeah. jobs. I'd be curious to hear like a success around that. We have some awesome case studies on our site that talk about anywhere from five times faster to 20 times mm -hmm. faster in the quoting process. Wow. One of the areas that we really excel at is assemblies. So what you can do is you can load the assembly 3D model into our system and we will go and we will parse every single component and mm -hmm. we'll group the exact matching components. So fasteners, hardware, manufactured components that are similar or the same, we'll group them together. So you can go through and just the quote drafting process. Just the mm -hmm. process of setting up the structure of the quote, it happens yeah. in a minute and a half or less, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's hours. Like we yeah. have, we have sheet metal manufacturers that are like, we used, it used to take us a week to respond to an assembly quote, and now it takes mm -hmm. us an hour. I mean, the yeah. time savings there is enormous, absolutely yeah. enormous. So that's I would say I think one of my favorite stories because it's applicable to the current climate and the environment. Mm -hmm. So what's happening in manufacturing right now is things are starting to heat back up, but supply chains are still broken. So we have the purchasing managers index, which is increased, which is indicating, hey, heads up, more requests are coming. So you better be ready for it. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is broken supply chains. So what that means is that buyers are going to be out there looking for new manufacturers to work with. So the onus is on you, job shop owners, to be in a position where you can accurately respond and in a quick way respond to these suppliers urgent, or excuse me, to these buyers urgent needs. Mm -hmm. So you, 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 the game's on the line and you got the ball and it's yours to lose. So yeah. here's where it becomes really cool. So I have a customer and gives me a call and he's like, you're not going to believe what just happened. He's like, it was a weekend, urgent request from a medical a medical company needing ventilator mm -hmm. parts. This is a couple months ago and their supply chain sliced right off. Yeah. Needed the components said, Hey, need you to quote me these components mm -hmm. from home on an iPad, mm -hmm. able to quote in minutes one consecutive jobs minutes later over a million dollars worth of work wow wow and that's like that's like whoa hold on a second what? you mean what we've been telling people is actually true if yeah. you can do this from home on your couch in the morning when you're hanging out with your kids because you get an urgent request knowing that that buyer is sitting there on the weekend also mm -hmm. they're sitting there on a like saturday or sunday they want to buy that part they don't yeah. want to wait yeah. for 50 quotes to come back. So the onus is on you to be able to respond in an effective and accurate way so that you don't lose money on the job and you win the work. And that's what paperless parts does. Incredible story. I mean, just a couple things to to highlight there. One, this talks about a big theme on the show uh, about reshoring lately. Like when we talk about reshoring, it's job shops like the ones you're serving that are going to create more of these manufacturing jobs because that's the part of the supply chain that can excel here locally. And you've created a tool that allows them to do that. I mean, you said it, a million dollars in sales on the weekend. Um, the second piece. Yeah. It's, and the second piece of that is when you're, you know, spent going five times faster to 20 times faster with the quoting process. And I saw this in one of your videos before this interview, you can focus on other things within your business. You can focus on that transition plan for Joe or Susan that's been there for 30 years and start training the next generation, training the people that are going to be, that are going to replace them so that these companies can focus um, on their business instead of in their business. It's and I'm telling you, the, the single biggest thing that impacts quotes, win rates, is fast quotes. But the mm -hmm. second thing that we've seen is following up on a quote. 
Yeah. It really is. If you have an extra hour in your day where now you can go back to all the quotes you sent yesterday and just drop a, a quick personalized email that says one to make sure you didn't have any questions. Mm-hmm. The reason most buyers don't place an order when looking at your quote is there's something off. Yeah. Or yeah. it's close, but not quite. They they need to discuss it to so figure it out. You can go and you can by being the response again, it comes back to this theme of responsiveness. By being the responsive shop, the proactive mm-hmm. shop, it means you're hungry for the work. It means your shop is not too busy. It means you are not a risky option for the buyer to go to when they're mm-hmm. trying to fix an already broken supply chain. So the mm-hmm. way this plays out over the next few years is the manufacturers over the next six months that win this work are basically going to establish whether or not this work stays in the US or goes mm-hmm. back out. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be an initial reshoring movement because mm-hmm. buyers are saying, I got to fill these problems. I got to fill these gaps right now. The global mm-hmm. supply chain's too risky. So I'm going to go US. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's great. And they just got some phenomenal data that shows okay, well, we were saving a million dollars by going over to China by mm-hmm. saving a buck apart across a million parts. But mm-hmm. now that the supply chain just got disrupted, that cost us $8 million because we didn't have that part in time. So mm-hmm. was the juice worth the squeeze by going to China? Time mm-hmm. will tell because if, yeah. the, if the U.S. manufacturers can't deliver and they can't mm-hmm. support the supply chain, then we're just going to end up right where we started. But I'm highly confident that with the new technology manufacturers are adopting today and this incredible focus on efficiency and automation that I'm seeing from job shops around the country, that Mm -hmm. we're we're on the upswing. There's really big things coming. Yeah, I'm glad you took that a step further. You know, it ties back to almost every theme we've talked about today from risk reduction reshoring, et cetera. Um, this has been an excellent conversation. I guess I should ask before we wrap up our interview, since we're getting here at the end, first thing for the audience that's listening, if you want to hear more success stories from Paperless Parts, um, I will be linking up to their website, paperlessparts.com in the show notes at manufacturinghappyhour.com, or you can just jump straight there. Uh, I can attest they are very easy to find on the internet when you look for them. So um, excellent work there, Jason. But is there anything you wish I would have asked you that I haven't yet? Oh, that's a great question. So one of the things that I think makes our company unique is that we put about a thousand hours of product development into our product every week. And Mm. that's a lot of horsepower that doesn't get released quarterly or yearly in updates. We're doing releases every couple of days to mm. once a week. It's a beauty of cloud-based. It is. So <laughs> just like, you know, this is a fun analogy because I think Tesla is a cool company and mm-hmm. they've done some incredible things, but just like the Tesla car gets faster with a software update, or now you can roll down the windows with a click of the button and turn on your radio and do all kinds of cool things. Paperless parts continues to get better as our customers use it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that engineering horsepower where we are continuing to build this product better and better and better, and we're really tied in tight with our customers, that just means that by making the investment today, you're going to get a product that continues to evolve with the manufacturing industry. So yeah. I think that's a really cool piece. And then I guess the other thing is, With that in mind, we're putting out incredible product innovations. So over the next Mm -hmm. eight weeks, we're going to drop some really awesome press releases on some features that our customers have been asking about for a very long time. And there are, I mean, million dollars of R&D that went into the development of some of this capability around enabling this elastic search inside of our platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I know what elastic search is, but a lot of manufacturers, when I say that, they have no clue. What this is, is this is your ability to search anything Mm -hmm. on your platform in seconds. And it's not just oh, I can search a word that I typed on a quote because that's kind of cool. But where this is going to be amazing is now when I take all 20,000 historical PDFs that you've ever looked at and I can make it so that you can go find a mil spec on any of those PDFs to see where you had to hold that mill standard or where you had to do a certain plating operation that you don't see very often and you're able Mm -hmm. to go find that on a PDF, 
really, really fast and use your own intellectual property, your own thought that went into pricing that old job to speed up your quoting process for new jobs, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a game changer. Talk about unlocking the data that lives inside of a manufacturing operation. This is the first big step in that direction. So stay tuned. It should be awesome. Well, for those listening to this, when this comes out in September 2020, whether you check back with paperless parts a month later, two months later, a year later, sounds like you've got new cool things coming out all the time. So make sure to stay up to date with paperless parts. And uh, Jason, I just got to say, thank you so much for being on Manufacturing Happy Hour. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, thanks for listening. That was another great like supply chain operations focused episode. A lot of good lessons from Jason, whether you're in the job shop or elsewhere in the manufacturing space. If you do like these topics, operations, supply chain, if it's relevant to your role, make sure to listen to episode 22 as well. We talked to another company that's in this similar space, although they basically run their own job shop, Plethora. That was episode 22 with their CEO, Jim Quinn, if you are digging this topic. But to learn more about Paperless Parts, I just mentioned it, but make sure to go to paperlessparts.com to check out their seamless system, or you can find that in any other resource mentioned throughout this episode at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 26. A couple more quick things before we wrap for the day. As always, thank you to our sponsors. Concept Systems sponsored this episode today. They are one of the best system integrators you'll find for cross-industry expertise. And my buddy Ryan Wasmond was on episode seven way back in the day. Make sure to give that one a listen to learn more about the fine folks over at Concept Systems. As always, if you liked the show, ratings and reviews over at iTunes really help us out. You can get to Apple Podcasts on your desktop or on your smartphone by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. Leaving a rating and review can be very quick, does not need to be long. Just hit that five-star button, leave a review that's maybe as short as two sentences, a full paragraph, whatever you're feeling like, however much you're loving the show. Love to hear from you over there at Apple Podcasts. With that, that is it for this week. Thanks for sticking around. We've got more great episodes, more great interviews on the way, more mini series, if that's a word as well. Stick with us here on Manufacturing Happy Hour. Stay innovative, stay thirsty. I'll catch you back here soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.